Okay, so we normally record things that have happened in the past, and I mean, I guess technically this happened in the past, but we wanted to kind of touch on the nonsense that went on at the Capitol recently and just wanted to kind of help our listeners guide them a little bit and to benefit them, not so much what are the specific details of what happened and whatnot and stuff. And and that's easy stuff to kind of talk about, but then it just fades away and then nobody talks about it again. But I, I wanted to get you guys, I wanted to get your thoughts and feelings on everything and how that maybe could benefit our listeners to something with substance that will continue through the next week when the next thing happens and nobody's talking about this anymore. What's something that our listeners care? So maybe Katina, you can start us off. I mean, how do you feel? What are your thoughts initially? What, what are you, what are you thinking? What's in your brain? Well, what I'm thinking is more than anything is that I'm concerned for black people. This whole situation, this whole week is a culmination and a manifestation a physical manifestation of what has happened in this country for 400 years. And specifically, this week is like the pimple that like came to a head um, post from from like desegregation. I would say it's been building up from desegregation through that assimilation period, from assimilation where injustice was still happening to this resurgence or reawakening, like because it was always happening. It's never not been happening, but because of technology, we were able to capture Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, uh, Tamir Wright, like so many names where, where this whole movement of hashtags, like where black, we, we're seeing black bodies uh, being slaughtered. We're seeing you know, what they call Karens in the park. You know, we're seeing just this assault on on black bodies, on black people, on blackness, on black children, on black women. Like, we're seeing it and you can't deny it. Combine that with, you know, just the political landscape and just this desire to take over and have, you know, an evangelical Christian kingdom on earth and just be the willingness to, uh, by any means necessary, take their kingdom by force, even to the uh, opposition of the scriptures, <laughs> and to become, make, make the name of the Lord, I mean, because we are Christians, we three, um, and to make the, the name of the Lord and Christianity like a smear, instead of being a light, a smear, and a byword, and 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 to have you know put the Lord, the Lord's the Lord's name is like mocked amongst the un, you know non Christians because American Christianity has not led out injustice has not led out in loving its neighbor so just this whole like I would say you know 40, 50, 50 something years this is like the pimple going pow, <laughs> you know. And so this was not, like, black people are not, not surprised. We are not caught off guard. We are not clutching our pearls because this is what we see in some aspect in everyday life, whether it's 
soft shoe racism, microaggression, you know, the people on social media who are still trying to make concessions and make uh, these comparisons, comparisons. Well, at least they didn't do what BLM, which is a lie, you know. So we're, this is nothing new to us, this gaslighting, this craziness, the use of nooses, the, you know, that imagery, confederacy, that imagery, that's been, we've seen that for 400 years. That's nothing new to us. And we knew that it didn't go away. My heart right now is for black people to be black. Out of all of this foolishness that we saw this week, somebody who said this, and they didn't mean it in this context when they said it, but I'm going to say it. Black folks, y'all ain't got nothing to lose. Be, be who you are. Embrace your culture. Stop hiding. I know that we have to code switch. I know we have to do some things to survive. But stop tucking and hiding. Be fully and unapologetically African-American, and we are not a monolith. So, you know, wear your dickies and house shoes. You know, your gold teeth, you know, your grills, whatever. Your jerry curl, <laughs> your drippy drip. Or wear your argyles, argyles and oxfords. Wear, you know, whatever. However, your blackness um, is best expressed through you because there's this beautiful, broad spectrum of expression. Like, we, we don't have to all do it the same. But all I'm saying is, however you do it, do it eyes wide open and unapologetically because it's going to be what it's going to be, you know? Ain't nothing that we've done changed. Like, we've pushed this conversation forward. We've done the work. We've laid out our blood, our sweat, our tears, and the racism and hatred that undergirds this country, while we can say, oh, it's better, it's, we, we, we know it's not in so many ways. And there are different spiritual manifestations of the same, like it keeps playing out the same way, well, in different ways in the same, by the same spirit, by the same demonic spirit. So I'm just saying, all I, all I want to talk about is... Black people, seek your healing. For those who are Christians, read your Bible with a decolonized lens. Undo the work of white supremacy in your life, in your worldview. Get free and live what I call a life of black undignity. And in this age of indignity against us, like that's what our people have done historically. You know, eat your greens and fat back or smack back or whatever, like the fake fat back is. Like, whatever, whatever you want, like, eat your whatever. <laughs> eat your swine, don't eat your swine. Like, take care of yourself, engage in self care because it is necessary. Find a place of rest, find a place of lament. Cry out to the Lord. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Dance, sing. You know, like, if you want to praise the Lord demonstratively, do that. You know, pull your car all over on a safe spot on the highway. Jump out. 
and, you know, Omegas do your atomic dog dance or, you know, shout, shout and praise the Lord around the car. Like, it just exists. Just live. Just breathe. Just be. Just be. Just be. And don't look over your shoulder. Just exist. Be wise. We have to still, you know, be wise and cunning so that we can continue to live to see another day as much as it pertains to us. But at the same time, you have to find a way to live this beautiful black undignity in a world that is indignant towards us. And I want to just say, like, from whatever authority that I have, that we have, uh, Brad, we talked about this before, just as, as white men, to just unequivocally condemn the the display of white supremacy and white nationalism that um, is now a stain on America's reputation all over the world. Um, the, the insurrection that happened was not uh, separate from the issue of racism. And just to point out, like the groups that were in attendance there included the Proud Boys, um, included white nationalists who had been in Charlottesville, um, included uh, neo-Nazis, included... Uh, like you saw the Confederate flags, that uh, the group there, not everyone who was at the rally necessarily was motivated by racial issues, but racial issues were uh, a predominant theme in the motivation of why this happened. Um, is motivated by racism and a desire to uh, to have white racial control. Um, and that's like backed by even the testimony of like the people who were there and why they were there. There were Confederate flags um, all over the the Capitol in this the process of this insurrection. So we just unequivocally condemned that. Um, and then also I want to just issue an invitation to our listeners who uh, to who have been swept up in the lies that that the heresy of white nationalism for these um you know, the last few years, it's been a growing trend. Um, white nationalism is not Christian. It is a heresy that just like Gnosticism in the Bible was kind of like a heresy that was mixed with some Christianity. White nationalism and Christian nationalism are a form of heresy that go directly against the biblical story. So just Real quickly, uh, and this is where we say over and over again, like Christians need to read the Bible because like if you actually read the Bible and understand it, it completely rules out nationalism or Christian nationalism. The, the story of the Bible from beginning to end is the story of God's love coming and then dispersing throughout the whole world. That initially the call in the garden was to take the whole earth and subdue it to the glory of God. And then at the end of the story in Revelation, the whole earth is subdued to the glory of God and heaven comes down and rests on the earth. And it says that, um, that like the prophet John who wrote Revelation says, I saw a numberless sea and people from every tribe, tongue, nation, and language gathered around and worshiping the lamb and serving him. So like this, the trajectory of the biblical story hasn't always been this, like all the nations coming in, even in Isaiah, the prophecies were about all the nations streaming to Zion from the four corners of the earth. So the, the story, the trajectory of the story is towards uh, multicultural inclusion and unity in diversity, a unity that is founded upon Jesus and his 
kingship and self-sacrificial uh, love and a uh, imitation of it. And so, so that is like what the gospel is. The gospel is that Jesus, uh, he gave up everything to save us and to, to elevate all people under him into a kingdom where they now get to re-become humanity as humanity should have been before people rebelled against God and to re-become true humans. Like that's the pursuit is we're fallen humans right now affected by sin and temptation, desire to elevate ourselves, our own pride that blinds us from reality. And God is inviting us to become again true humans where we love and are united. And the story of Christianity is corrupted into heresy if you think that it's a story about America becoming great. It is not a nationalistic story. If anything, it's a story of countries. The more Christian a country is, the more it, that country should be known as self-sacrificially loving its neighbors and other countries in the world. And that's not what we see. And that's tragic. And I want to just um, turn, like, invite those of you, uh, listeners, who have been enticed by the idea of nationalism, that sometimes the feeling of patriotism feels a little bit like uh, a feeling of worship. And they, you cannot conflate those. That Like America can be an idol, and I think it is for so many right now in the church. And I want to specifically rebuke that and say that like America... Like it's, it's fine to be patriotic and to like the country that you're in to the degree that that patriotism unites you to your fellow citizens. But that patriotism has in our nation become a form of worship. And we saw like, an ex, like that worship turn into just an idolatrous and disgusting display in the, the context and, and a racist display um, because it's not even about American exceptionalism or American nationalism. It's about white American nationalism. And that's why you saw the, the racism mixed in. Um, so, so we unequivocally condemn that. And I just want to um, just kind of like what, what, continue what you were saying. It just like honor and lift up um, and encourage to, to whatever degree I can. And I know like, uh, my, like the limitations of my, my voice here, but just to, to, for my part to, to issue this, these words to the black community, our black listeners, that you are made in God's image with a glory that is unhindered by the lack of love or recognition yeah. that the white people around you give to it. And I don't know, I wish that I could undo the tragedy of how your humanity and your glory and your image bearing is not seen. And I can't undo that, but I can just contradict it and say that that's a lie that you have worth and value, creativity. You have equal, like your perspective is equally valuable yeah. and valid, that you have just as much to offer the world, if not more than those who happen to be in the positions of power to get the microphone, that you have just as much to say, even if you don't have a platform to say it, that what you think and what you say matters and has value, that your personhood has value and dignity. And, and so I just, in that and with that, want to urge and encourage our white listeners to like, especially in this moment of tragedy and grief, to elevate and listen to what black voices have to say about it. Um, listen to, look up what, what Stacey Abrams and what Reverend Warnock are saying in light of this. And he, the, like hear the, 
the the pain and the exhaustion and the groans of the black community, but also just like let them say whatever they want to say and humble yourself to just value and bestow the dignity that is rightfully theirs by listening. Um, and so I just would, would encourage our white listeners to, to seek out black voices and, and to listen to them. Can you speak to what I'm seeing a lot, uh, at least in my little bubble of friends and whatnot, a lot of people, Christians are just, you know, they don't want, they don't, for some reason, white people, we don't want our pastors talking about real stuff. You know, we just want them to say gospel, happy truths, encouraging Bible verses. And it, it, I think to, to, to us, it feels kind of like sticky, like kind of, Oh, I don't know. They're, they're going outside of like, you know, at least they think they're going outside of what the Bible says. But can you speak to that group of people that only want their pastors to say encouraging Bible verses and don't want them to call, you know, like what, like what you just said, like of white nationalism saying those things, I think, you know, again, and we've discussed this question, but like, you know, we talk, talking about this divides people and can you just speak to them? Cause we'll talk about this in an upcoming episode, but the idea that some of some news outlets and stuff are just assuming that you're going to believe what they say, no matter what. So they're just assuming that you aren't going to put much thought research into something that they're really just assuming that you're dumb and that you're going to believe this stuff. And so I've, I've, my fear is that they're kind of being swept under the rug a little bit with, with all of this, but can you speak to them? Like, what, what do you, what would you say to somebody who's like, Hey pastors, people are watching you and you know, you should be saying encouraging things and not things that divide. Mm. Yeah. So I think politics is divisive. And I think that there is a place to say that pastors shouldn't just pursue divisiveness for the sake of it, and that pastors um, should like there are certain aspects of politics that are not like moral aspects. Mm-hmm. And I think for there, like there would be an appropriate place to say like, yeah, like major in the majors, minor in the minors, like focus on the things that matter. But there is a giant overlap between politics and morality. And there is a giant overlap between politics and biblical authority because the Bible speaks into all kinds of things that overlap with politics. And so pastors cannot faithfully teach everything Jesus commanded and taught without, and just leave political sacred cows in place. Like the church has a moral obligation to say what God has said about things. And sometimes pastors make the mistake of picking a side And I think that that is a mistake because then you lose your third party perspective to speak prophetically against the sins in both sides. And then you become tempted to be silent about the issues in your own side. And uh, I just, I don't know, most people probably have no idea that like just as a metaphor or a parable of how this can play out is that um, in China in the fifth century, there was a dynasty that was largely Christian. Like uh, China was evangelized at that point and a whole bunch of people became Christians in China. But then the Christians who were there completely wed their uh, Christianity to the the particular dynasty and became basically, they, they didn't become like a third party voice. They became 
uh, like they married the religion to the dynasty so that then when a new dynasty came in, the Christianity went out with the old dynasty. It became like married to politics in a way so that once that political ideology was overthrown, now Christianity was thrown out with it. And I fear that like that's a lot of what uh, is like going to happen in America because Christianity has wed itself in large part or a large segment of it has wed itself to what I think is actually a heretical idea of Christian nationalism. Um, and what itself, it hasn't been a third party prophetic voice speaking to the culture as a whole against anything that the Bible says, but instead has just picked a side. And then the, the fate of Christianity is married to the fate of that side. And then you lose your gospel witness to anyone who's not on that side. And it like corrupts Christianity itself because then Christianity is in a cycle now of turning a blind eye towards the sins of their chosen side. Because it does happen on both sides. Uh, I think there are Christians, both liberal and conservative, who this is um, could rightly be speaking to. Um, so, I mean, obviously it, the elephant in the room, it happens more on the right. It happens also on the left. And then there's also Christians who are faithful to being third party, um, like not just on, like, like not just loyal to a political party and instead speaking prophetically to both sides. So, so I would, I would encourage you if you are in a Christian space where your pastor is supporting a political party, I would just flatly encourage you to leave that church and go somewhere where a loyalty is higher to the kingdom of heaven than to the kingdom of earth. And that's regardless of which political party they're supporting. Like our loyalty should not be to a party because then we are just tempting ourselves to have a distorted perspective. I think that there definitely is. There's a danger sometimes in talking about both sides and I don't, and I, I, I know this is not what you're saying, Aaron, but I, I don't think that this is a both sides issue. And oftentimes white evangelicals will try to make it a both sides issue, racism a both sides issue when racism is just racism. Um, and they will try to convolute because they want to deflect from racism so that they can uphold their system of privilege and um, not be challenged to be wrong. I mean, because that's that's the thing. That's a that's a challenge with 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 the structure, the construct of whiteness. It's like when you start peeling back the lay, layers. I think people are afraid that there there'll be nothing left for them. And I think that there is so much more value to you as a as a person outside of the construct of whiteness. And you'll probably say, well, Katina, there's so much more to you outside of the construct of blackness. Well, black people didn't create the construct of blackness. And we're trying to fight our way out of something that was not designed for us or by us, but was designed for us. We literally want equality and we want human rights and dignity. And I think what at the heart of white supremacy is that there's an idea that there's going to be a reckoning and a repayment. So we have to keep this structure together. We got to hold it together because they're going to pay us back. (laughs) I really think that that's a giant fear. And um, 
because and my thing is if we were going to pay you back, you would have been paid back because like, I mean, we're very resilient people, you know, and, and by and large, you have not seen just displays of hatred that has oftentimes been justified. Black Lives Matter protests have been by and large peaceful. And there is no way that Black Lives Matter or Black people could have done what has been displayed this week mm-hmm. without, like, we have died for eating Skittles, eating Skittles, playing with a toy gun, laying in our house sleep, um, driving our car. We have died for unoffenses. And a lot of the people that committed the crimes, the domestic terrorism, the insurrection this week, haven't gone to prison, won't, may not go to prison, should go to prison. These are, you know, federal crimes that were committed. And the people who participate, like who incited this, should be in prison and probably will never serve a day. And so I just want to challenge you that there's more to you. If you want to look at me and say, look at us and say, there's more to you than your blackness. You're an American. Well, let us be Americans. Let us let us exist outside of the construct that this country has designed for us to, to suppress us, to oppress us. But there is certainly more to you than clutching on to what the privilege of whiteness have, has given you. And there's certain, certainly more to um, your discomfort, like your discomfort, your little discomfort, your tears, your, you having to step into the space with a black sister or brother. Like, that's not the worst thing that you will ever experience in your life if you shed a few tears. Like, so oftentimes, white sisters and brothers have turned the TV off. Oh, I can't watch. I can't see. You need to challenge yourself to see because if seeing all is all you have to do in this, then you'll be all right because some people have to see and experience what you only have to bob in and out of at your convenience. Step into the space. Step into the space. There, there, is, a, there is a reckoning that's happening. Like this is a, a point in number, like there's a reckoning. And I think that it's a sad day, speaking to Christian America, you know, it's a sad day when the world is outdoing the church in doing the work of justice and in loving their neighbor. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.